0: Hello and welcome to another Simple Politics podcast. I'm your host Charlotte and this week Parliament returned to Parliament. Fantastic news for us. We were so ready. We had bills, we had debates, we've had PMQs uh, and we've got more for at least another week or so and here to cover all that are my wonderful colleagues and co-hosts Hatton and Diane. How are you both?
1: Hi, Charlotte. I'm, I'm good. I'm good, t- I'm good. Thank you. Yes, a bit of a pause there because I wasn't sure I was good, but but, but yes, I am. Um, it's important okay, to take good. your
2: time, isn't it? You don't <laughs> want to just, just come out as being good when you might be fine.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's a barometer and yes. yes, it's all good. You are good. Okay. I'm um, glad. to you, I would you like
2: touching? to say, unfortunately, Charlotte, we don't have parliament for another week. We've got Parliament for like a day.
1: Oh, the prorogue has been announced then.
2: <laughs> uh, I, would, I don't think it's been announced yet, because why would you tell anyone what you're going to do? Um, <laughs> but I think, I mean, Monday, probably Tuesday latest. Okay. They don't want to do another PMQs.
1: Okay. So mm.
2: we've got two days, and then we've got some time off while they prepare the House of Parliament for the King to pitch up. And then we'll kick off a brand new parliamentary year.
0: Ooh, exciting stuff. But before we look ahead to the future, let's take a look at the week that has just gone. So, to our first section, top poster this week, what was in third place this week, Tatten?
2: I mean, third place was israel gaza i think we've actually rolled two or three posts into this because they all did a similar amount mm. i mean it's obviously just terrific all of it um the the large the largest post was there was a statement in the house of commons now what happens in a statement in the house of commons is that the prime minister whoever's making the statement the prime minister stands up and makes a speech and then the opposition leader stands up and makes a speech in return asking questions and the format is the prime minister speaks then the next mp then the prime minister speaks and responds to that so it's not like a parliamentary debate where you take in the turns for everyone to speak it's all it's a bit like pmqs you you have your speech the the prime minister speaks and the prime minister we were saying that he looked and sounded very prime ministerial uh during during the debate he he said he said that israel have the right to defend themselves he said but also we've got to stop a humanitarian crisis he was uh, he was he was quite balanced on those things um he spoke about the importance of our jewish community being protected in this country as well as our muslim community being protected in this country and it was quite balanced and yeah i mean it, it was kind of what one might expect from a prime minister. And then after that, Keir Starmer stood up and said that, well, i read the quote out that we put on the post. It is crucial that this house speaks with one voice in condemnation of terror, in support of Israel in its time of agony, and for the dignity of all human life. And a lot of the comments were quite cross with that because they wanted Keir Starmer to go further on calling for Israel to stop, on calling for a ceasefire, on calling this a tragic, uh, tra- tragic humanitarian crisis. So there's been a lot of anger. And actually we did another post uh, because there's a chance of lots of Labour councillors resigning because Keir Sturm hasn't gone far enough to condemn the human rights abuses and the illegality of their actions in Palestine. And there has been actually some movement, both, both Keir Starmer and the Labour Foreign Secretary, the Shadow Foreign Secretary David Lammy, have both been talking more about the humanitarian crisis. Um, it's, it's not quite clear if that's because the crisis is getting worse, or if that's because they're trying to appease their, their Labour colleagues around the country. But that is, that is changing. And then the other quote, and I'll finish with this because there's much more, there's much more suited and expert expert people than than me and than us on this topic. So I just call, I'm going to read you this quote from Stephen Flynn, and then maybe we'll move on to the second the second post. Uh, Stephen Flynn said, "History will judge us on our response, not just to these abhorrent attacks, but to the humanitarian crisis that is undoubtedly unfolding in Gaza." let us not be on the wrong side of history so some big some big things going on some 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 big words from uh from our parliament
0: yeah and we'll keep covering that over the next few days and weeks as it continues um what was our second most popular post of the week diane
1: Okay, second most popular post of the week was about prisons and could they be full? We posted last week, there were so many reports, like every paper was carrying it saying prisons are full, um, judges are being told not to put offenders behind bars, all that, that you know. Uh, and we did say, it's this is what's being reported, it's not fact, but this is what's out there. And... Um, the Justice Secretary um, came to Parliament on Monday and said, right, here's our response to that. There is no doubt prisons are under strain and they are very, very nearly at max capacity. When you look at the numbers in England of inmates who were in on Friday and the number of spaces we've got, there's a few hundred in there. You know, It's startlingly really, really near the top. So uh, he came up with a number of things. Now, one of the things that the Conservatives are really clear on is that for serious crimes, so, um, you know, for rapists, murderers, uh, child killers, uh, you know, horrendous crimes, they are not ever going to not say big, long sentences. They are, you know, they want to be tough on that. They want to be long life Life to mean life, a sent fifteen years to mean fifteen years. You know, that's he was very very strong on that. But he said there is more to be done with short sentences. So he gave a statistic that said if you're sentenced to um, twelve months in jail, you've got a fifty percent chance of reoffending. Okay, that that's you know quite a shocking stat. I I didn't know that at all. So his recommendation is going to be that shorter sentences for the more trivial crimes will be suspended and served in the community in some sort of community payback where you will do stuff to definitely still, you know, serve out some justice, but it will be within the community rather than in a prison setting where which might actually exacerbate the problem. There's also going to be a slight early release for people who were just coming up to the, you know, to their license, but that'll only be 18 days early. And then they're going to look at removing. um, So if you're a foreign national within our jails, actually, it costs us a lot of money to keep you there and to keep you in jail and to feed you every day and do all that stuff they're going to look at making more agreements um with countries he mentioned albania but there's other countries they're looking at to try and get these foreign nationals out of our jails and deported back to to um the the country that they are um, nationals in everything that he said is makes a dent okay so i've heard from some prison warders and stuff and some of it makes a dent it'll make a few thousand dent in this problem but i think this is still going to be Want to watch the whole prison capacity thing, right, because it's not a silver bullet, none of these things are a silver bullet, but they're chipping away
2: yeah and we've got we've got labor talking about tougher prison sentences too mm-hmm. so I was really shocked that um when he said all short sentences will be automatically suspended unless there's a reason not to then then the labor person stood up and said, "This is weak on crime like labor to try to, to out tough on crime the conservative party is quite a quite a big deal mm. um but the other thing i wanted to, 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 to point out here that I, I think a short sentence if your life goes a bit wrong a short sentence might end up happening right you might like nobody slips into a life that inv- then involves a 20-year sentence Right, you're pretty. If if unless there's unless there's a miscarriage of justice, which does occasionally happen, if you've done something that's going to get a 20 year sentence, then then you're you're, you're wrong and and you maybe I mean maybe you deserve to be in prison. But short sentences can just be troubled lives that have ended up doing these things. Yeah. and I completely agree that I mean the statistics back it up. I completely agree that we should. Uh, we shouldn't then make their lives more troubled by putting send them to prison. That's that's not a way of steadying a ship, is it? So I, you know, I'm not allowed to say if I like policies or not because we're strictly impartial. But I really love that policy.
1: <laughs> uh. But it it is interesting, it, even that this is this is short term this is short term for prison capacity yeah. but nobody nobody neither side neither party at the minute of the big two certainly is talking oh well let's put the investment right in you know let's tackle some of the issues that cause crime in the first place that's not where we're at yeah but no.
2: prison prison services are like the nhs like that
1: yeah 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 totally. if
2: you don't invest in social care yeah People end up in prison. If you don't invest in schools to allow them to provide stuff, then they end up in prison. Like, just like if we don't put housing, if we don't invest in housing, then people end up in the NHS because they get ill from <laughs> their poor quality housing. Like prisons and the NHS become this catch all for failings elsewhere in the system. Um, but I, I, I'd like years and years and years ago when I was teaching in London we had a crew around the corner, pupil referral unit, um, where basically excluded people from my school and a couple of others in the, in the district went. And um, someone was talking about what happens when people go there. So you walk in there and statistically, 90% of these young people are going to be in prison in the next 10 years. And I don't know how much that's changed wow. since then.
1: Mm. But that- So almost by going through the door, you're worse off right
2: like yeah. like so if if people could be kept in school mm. if they can be and i know it's really hard because the people who get excluded are so disruptive very often yeah, mm. and they're a nightmare sometimes you know like just speaking as a teacher yeah. Mm. but if we can keep people in school their life chances are much better but to do that you need funding in order to provide the extra provision that they need and there's no money for sc- more money for schools because there's no money in the country you know with inflation like the government also suffer from the cost of living yeah. so there is less money for them fascinating yeah, yeah. right no on to a sorry i said
0: no easy fix and then i was gonna ask no you easy what fix. the fix Yeah, then I was going to ask you what the top post is, but you were already going there. Go for it. I'm too excited.
2: (laughs) I love talking about posts. You you just love
1: talking.
2: (laughs) How very rude.
1: (laughs) But it's a good thing we have a podcast, (laughs) eh?
2: Because the rest of the time I'm just chatting into the air (laughs) in my (laughs) my head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it's fun to have a microphone in front of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, go right. on, Give us a um, Tatonian lecture one. on this.
2: This is not a Tatonian lecture. Um, it's a very short post, and possibly I was in a slightly silly mood when I wrote yeah. it.
0: I love waking up and seeing a silly mood Taton post and thinking, oh, <laughs> right, it's going to make me work for my money today. Here we go. Yeah.
2: Um, did you get any
1: dms because
2: of this yes <laughs> i'm so sorry right so the post is nitrous oxide will become a class c drug on the 8th of november and uh, you know peers have been very interested in nitrous oxide ban i think it's a fascinating thing i think it's i think it's a policy based on wanting to stop antisocial behavior rather than the science of the drugs but then i thought 8th of November. That's not for like three weeks. So right now it's not illegal. So don't <laughs> hide your head in your hands. This is our top performing post. So I said, until then, it's not illegal. Because it's not. And I think, that, I mean, part of the point of that was us being a bit silly, but also part of the point of that is the arbitrary nature of when things become illegal is, is really strange. So it's kind of a political point of, oh, So you've passed a bill saying it, and then right now it's fine? That's that's a slightly strange thing. And then I (laughs) realised that because I'd said it's not illegal, people might read it like I might be encouraging them. I'm not, I'm making a political point, Um, and uh, just kind of being clear with people. So I thought, I've got to be really clear, so I finished up the post. Also, should you wish to enjoy... One last hit. Please, please pick up your rubbish. That's I mean, that's just not we don't want we don't want those little canisters, do we? We want them gone. So, you know, it's not illegal, go for it, but pick up your rubbish. Now I don't think that's an irresponsible post. I think that is clearly sharing something of political protest. Not protest, political process is what I mean. It's a political process and then being clear and honest and then being like responsible i think it's a responsible post i think if more posts were like this the world would be a better place
1: oh wow (laughs) the thing is the thing is um yes you know people read posts especially a morning post they're coming to it with very different views Mm -hmm. opinions outlooks on life Mm -hmm. but yes um I also did not see this one before it went out. And uh, <laughs> I knew you hadn't. <laughs> but there you go. Right. Okay. I knew this okay, was a Tatton so, special. So,
2: no, 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 no. Just, I'm I'm looking up at our group chat right now. Yeah. And when I sent it, I sent it to, to Diane, like I'm oh, a good boy. Right. I knew she wasn't there, but uh, I sent it to her. Um... <laughs> and she responded oof i love the nitrous oxide post so i don't think i don't no, think Jan. you can then you can then come back at me and go oh well i wasn't there
1: this is or like you, oh my goodness this is like releasing secret whatsapp messages this is scandalous no no
2: no well, i wouldn't i wouldn't be releasing things if you weren't trying to rewrite history if you weren't trying to say well <laughs> um, so, listen. I like. I still. I know that people took it as me encouraging, and I think probably it does read like that. But what are you going to do? This was our my best performing post of the week. It had over ten thousand <laughs> likes. I don't see any posts that you two wrote <laughs> with ten thousand <laughs> likes this week.
1: So, oh okay, you win, you win, so I don't know yes. like next
2: week, I'm gonna start pushing weed on people, <laughs> yeah, like I think that's uh <laughs> I think that's the way to go, perfect,
0: yes, it's it's a very tass and post in the best way, this is the kind of humour that is in politics specializes in, um, well, well
2: it used to be, but people don't always get it. some people it don't get
0: it, yeah, that's so we yeah. we're, we're more careful these days. Until yeah. we let Tatten wake up before us and post stuff. Anyway, <laughs> it did well, and we're not encouraging drug use. it has but, been a I PSA mean, from the Simple Politics Podcast. Yeah, but funny. it's uh,
2: like, I stand by the fact it's interesting that it's not illegal now, and it will be illegal in a few days' time. Mm.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it is an interesting thing. Okay, let's move on to your questions. <laughs> Remember, you can send us questions um, by messaging the page, wherever you follow us. And we've got some really great questions this week. And you'll be very pleased to know that we have one from an Emily. Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Emily We have a question K. from an Emily. Yeah. Emily Kay specifically got in touch before we'd even asked for questions. Like she was on it and she was like, here's a question from an Emily. So shout out to you, Emily Kay. Thank you very much.
2: I was thinking about this. I didn't know we had a question from Emily, but I was thinking, I was thinking maybe all podcasts should have Adopt a Name. Mm-hmm. And anyone with that name can, uh, you know, this is the rest is politics, could have Rupert as their name. And Rupert's <laughs> get special, special uh, love for all the Rupert questions. And our name is obviously Emily. So I thank you, Emily, and all the Emilys in the world. Uh, we salute you. <laughs>
0: Okay, Emily's question. Do you think proportional representation will ever happen in the UK? How would the shape of politics change if it did?
2: Um, Emily, that's an excellent question. It's a short answer. It will never happen in the UK. Um, because the way the way we our system works is the parties that benefit from first past the post are the Conservative Party and the Labour Party. And realistically there's never going to be another party in, in solo government, I and mean, it's possible to have another coalition, but the parties that benefit are the parties in power, and they're not going to... Turkeys aren't going to vote for Christmas, right? They would get a lot fewer seats, would have a lot more range in Parliament of what it would be, so both the Conservative Party and the Labour Party would lose power and would lose their grip on on the UK so i don't think it's ever going to happen i mean who knows i mean never say never ever ever but in the foreseeable future
1: yeah. not a chance it, that makes me quite sad though uh, <laughs> i think yeah. I, i'm still holding on to so there there could be there could be a coalition at some point where to to form that coalition it's a stipulation that uh, a party says let's put PR
2: on the table potentially. I mean, we had a we had a referendum on AV. Yeah, years When the Liberal ago. Democrats got in, yeah. which isn't even a proportional system.
1: No, it no. was
2: it was the most ludicrous, ludicrous thing. Like uh, yeah, it made me I anyway. Mm. I, like I don't mind first past the post. I like I like that each area has their own MP specifically. I like the clarity of 650 different little competitions. And you'd still
0: have that in proportional representation, though. It's just how they count it. But this is, this is part well, of the no. issue. There's so many different forms of proportional representation. It yeah. depends on how yeah. you'd go about it.
2: And I like, I like the fact that if someone does badly, if the senior MP on either side does badly, they get voted out, whereas... Almost all PR, you have a, like a list system mm-hmm. and the people that the cons- that either Conservative Party or Labour Party put at the top, they're going to get elected. So I think in so- obviously, obviously, the, the argument that every vote should matter is a, it's quite a good argument. Yeah, right. yeah it's, quite, it's quite a good <laughs> yeah. argument. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think that it, it, in some ways it gives the parties more power.
1: Right, mm
2: because they choose who's elected and who's not. And that's not very democratic. And I think there's all kinds of ways in which, you know, PR, like I said, PR means that every vote matters. And, but that, but then we also, because obviously I've taught this question at a level, like a million times. Yeah. Yeah. But you've also, a majority does get stuff done in a way, that a coalition really struggles with.
1: Mm, I don't know. if it, <laughs> <we> <laughs>
2: Honestly, it, lovely listener. Uh, you can't see how much my team are not enjoying this no, chat. no. You, I mean, oh no, they really enjoy chatting to me, but they are really not having this.
1: No, and there's so much precedent around the world, and and not only that, like we use mm-hmm. a kind of PR system in all the assemblies in in Wales and yeah. Scotland and stuff. So, you know, so it's not, not anymore. Yeah, it's not it's not beyond the realms. I think of grasping yeah. this, and it means you wouldn't have to tactically vote either if we had PR, really. Yeah you know i'm a fan yeah it it would also mean
0: the parties have to focus more more when they currently do on what they have in common because Mm. the chances are they'd have to work together in a coalition because it's less likely that one party will get a majority and therefore instead of the kind of shouting at each other of how different they are you know there'd be slightly less adversarial politics but the other thing is emily asks how the shape of politics change if it did. And the very simple answer to that is that the smaller parties like the Greens, UKIP or whatever UKIP is these days, is it reform now? Or no, that's a different party. Reclaim, reform, reclaim, reclaim, renew. There's a lot of Renew, res, renew yes, sorry. Renew is, uh, is UKIP, that's of, Richard Tice. Re, Yes, thank you. There's a lot of re parties um, and I always get confused between them, but those smaller parties would have more MPs than they currently do. Which is either one. I mean, that's the that's or...
2: another argument that we talk about in A-level politics, which is you allow yeah. fascists into parliament, and, you, but you also and allow you're also You know, into obviously parliament. a lot of a lot of you know year twelve and year thirteen students are quite lefty, so yeah. they're like, yeah, we can get I don't know Che Guevara in there, perfect. But you're also allowing, yeah, not not banned organisations, but some pretty extreme right-wing people yeah. into parliament. So um, it would
0: change but, things as well. Yeah, yeah, the makeup of. But Biden. I mean,
2: if it, if it if it if if Labour and the Conservatives were still remain the two biggest parties, which I think they would, you would still have the debate, not very different to where it is now. You just have angrier people on each side. So there would be some more consensual, but there'd also be more shouting.
0: Yeah, it would level out <laughs> in the shouting states. I think, I think so British yeah, politics is
2: going to do what British politics does. I think that a slight shift in makeup of the Commons wouldn't really change that because you'd still have dominant parties in the coalition. I think that if you look at what, happened, what happens, in gotten at the moment where the Green Party and the SNP are in coalition yeah. together. Mm-hmm. The Green Party just quite frequently just get really grumpy with what the SNP are doing and it's not like it doesn't work brilliantly all the time yeah
0: well thanks Emily there go. excellent question Emily especially for us politics nerds so we're going to try and keep this next one a bit shorter good night, <laughs> is,
2: is that you telling me <laughs> to shut up
0: no <laughs> we're just we're just going to try and keep this one shorter but I, I think <laughs> yeah I, I think we will be able to do it because Emily's question was just so good like not that this next question isn't. It's also very good. Anyway, let's move on to the question. I always asks, what's the point in having price caps on electricity, gas, etc., if they keep shifting based on price anyway? I thought a cap was supposed to cap prices, not shift when the gas companies wanted to shift.
2: Uh, right. So the, the cap does change, but the cap is a maximum price on a unit. So if you use lots of electricity, then you're going to pay more. But the energy sector has become a little bit more competitive recently, just a tiny bit. So some prices have come down below the cap, but then they normally go back up to the cap because it's not that competitive at the moment. So they can shift around, but they can't go over what the cap says. And it's so misleading because you always see on this story, the cap's been brought down to... 5000 pounds or whatever it is it's like well it hasn't because if you use more gas and electricity then it will go above that that's that that number which isn't 5000 that number is representative of an average family and what do we know we know there is no such thing as an average family so it's meaningless and the cap is just how much one unit costs and the, the, the price can shift but it will never go higher than the legal cap
0: and it might also be worth pointing out that the cap is more based on the price of gas rather than what the gas what the energy companies want it to be That's right. I'm right in saying that, aren't
2: I? Yeah, you are right in saying that, yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Right. Nice one. Good question. Um, And finally, we have a question from Mark.
2: Hit me. Hit me. Hit me with Mark's question.
0: Um, Hit me. Yeah, okay. What we got? You ready for this? Um, Ready. Do you see any solution to a lack of government in Northern Ireland in the short term or long term?
2: I see a solution here. And the solution is that I don't talk about Northern Ireland at all, <laughs> because we have Diane, who is like off of Northern Ireland <laughs> and knows what's going on. Mark, oh. you're going to get Diane's knowledge in full. <laughs>
1: Bro. <laughs> oh. Well, thanks for your question, Mark. We haven't had a Northern Ireland question in ages. Um, so this is really good. Um, for those who don't know, yes, Stormont isn't up and running at the minute. That's because the DUP have been boycotting it for pretty much a year, maybe over a year now. The reason is they um, were unhappy about goods and checks between Great Britain and Northern Ireland as part of Brexit. Rishi Sunak tried to fix that with the Windsor Framework, um, which was really heralded as a really great thing. Um, lots of people loved it. It involved green and red liens and, and making it slightly easier for the goods going between Great Britain and Northern Ireland. But the DUP still aren't happy um, because they see anything, any kind of check of lorries of goods of movement as some kind of border between Great Britain and Northern Ireland. And the DUP... If they could say one thing, they just want to feel fully british, that's their thing that's that and And anything that could possibly put a little dent in that they're very against. so how does it move forward from here? Well, Chris Hinton Harris, who's the Northern Ireland secretary, has done a couple of things: one he has. Basically, stopped pay for Stormont Ministers or or greatly reduced it because they weren't doing anything. And then he has also set the budget. So he has set the budget from Northern Ireland because no one was there to advocate for the budget or do anything. But his budget is actually a little bit of a right, guys, you're not playing ball and you're not in Stormont, so I'm gonna set you a really low budget to be honest um, you know and he's done that to try and coax them back in really and we're in a situation now and this is a, a a little bit of a personal story but my sister works for northern ireland libraries and she's really really big in the library sector and they have no no money for new books northern ireland has no money for new library books anymore and in fact, most libraries have reduced their hours because they can't. And that's that's one little section that's in communities. Northern Ireland also has the highest NHS waiting list per capita. So there are there are hundreds, thousands of issues: social issues, education issues, NHS issues, community issues that are suffering because Stormont isn't up and running. And that I think long term is gonna be why people come back to the table, because ordinary people in Northern Ireland are unhappy, getting even more frustrated um, with these delaying tactics, which you know the very, very, very um hardcore of the DUP are holding on to, but actually services and things on the ground in Northern Ireland are suffering. And if they don't want to lose voters next time they go to the ballot box, I think they're going to have to come in at some point.
2: Don, I've got two questions. Thank you very much for that. It was fascinating. But the DUP aren't very famous for their thinking about other people, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so it's interesting that you, su- you suggest that um, it's only with the election next year. Because Sinn Féin are already the biggest party now, aren't they? They are. They got more seats at the last election. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, the DUP might want to come back for that. And the second is, and, and it's, it really feels unfortunate to have to ask, but when the people of Northern Ireland feel frustrated with the way things are being run, historically that's not gone very well for anyone is there any is there any sign of that of the kind of violence that we've that we've seen before? I know the police officer was tragically killed a few months ago. yeah is that the only suggestion of it
1: um, it's a really hard question, and um, notoriously, summers are our peak kind of season for that kind of trouble because you've got marches you've got bonfires you've got kids off school you've got that combination of things happening and that tends to be the real hot spot but what i would say is all of this i've talked about the the fact that there's a tight budget the fact that there's a vacuum of power and leadership um Mm -hmm. is gonna compound the issues of you know, of, of of the people in the areas that are poor and are looking to have some kind of leadership and are looking for some kind of answer and things to do, you know, it is not going to help.
2: And this this is what happens on the Simple Politics podcast when I shut up for a bit. I mean, that was interesting articulate and brilliant. Thank you very much, Dan.
1: Oh, thanks. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs>
0: right brilliant questions this week thank you all we're now going to move on to pm watch Uh, conference season is over so we're back looking at what's going on with rishi sunak what he's been up to what our spies have been telling us tatan what's rishi up to
2: well i mean it's, it's all been dominated by israel and gaza and we've kind of spoken about that which got, I mean, that kind of led to a very calm PMQs where people are talking things talking things through. Stephen Flynn was the most forthright. He was called. He called for a ceasefire at PMQs, but it it was everyone was kind of agreeing with each other. Um, the thing that has been in the in Parliament that that no one's talking about was the uh, Leveling Up Bill, which was back. Oh, the Leveling Up Bill, which was back in the Commons after Lords made quite a few changes to it, I've been following this bill since it was a white paper, since it was a consultation, and I'm, I find it fascinating. But when there were vote, they did a lot of voting on Tuesday night, like sixteen votes on Tuesday night. And when I tried to Google what, what had happened, no newspaper had even reported on it. Um, so I went to the, the votes themselves and the government won every single vote. So the government just took out all the Lord's changes. The government were defeated 16 times in the house of Lords and the government won 16 times in the house of commons. Wow! So, mm, meh. <laughs> I mean, the government will get what they want. We've got this interesting thing where there is, everyone agrees there's good stuff and loving up bill. The House of Lords have the power to delay it until after prorogation, until after the the, the Parliament stops next week, in which case the whole bill goes in the bin. They won't want to put the whole bill in the bin. So what they have to do is to agree to the whole bill as it is. So they've been backed into a corner, really. Um, So I think on Thursday... I think, I mean, today as we record, I um, think the House of Lords has the bill uh, with the Commons changes back in it. They might try and change a couple of things, get it back in the Commons on Monday, back, back in the Lords on Monday as well. But I think, that, um, I think that's, that the Commons go through because everyone knows it's a charade and they're going to have to give it the big thumbs up anyway.
0: Yeah, so a lot of things going on before
1: that prorogation happens. Um, Diane, what else is going on? We'll have a by-election, two by-election results tomorrow. Um, we've, we've had loads of chat on this this morning, haven't we? Um, we talked mm. about um, the outcome of elections and betting on them before a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, we've all kind of said our piece this morning on our group chat about who we think is going to win. It's Tamworth and Midbeds, both conservative seats that are vacant and we will be posting results tomorrow morning.
0: Yeah, we will. You we might, will. I mean, yeah. when you're listening to this, you'll already know what's going on. So I'm jealous of you future people.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm still going one lip down, one, one Labour. Um, and I say that now because by the time you listen, you can be laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. Um, or you could be like, oh, he knows his politics. And the fact is, it's neither. I've just guessed uh and and there's i mean a combination is going to be right uh so i'm going labor and live them let's see let's see what
0: happens (laughs) yeah it's all quite close isn't it but we'll soon find out okay so that's what's going on at the moment now let's move forward to the future What is in our crystal ball this week, Tatten?
2: Right. Well, uh, the crystal ball is particularly dull this week because we got like a day of just wrapping up Parliament, where not much will happen Um, unless unless we have another statement on Israel Palestine. Because when the Prime Minister has been away. They are supposed to come into the Commons and tell tell everyone what's happened. That's like a like a tradition. Um, So that's possible that we'll have the Prime Minister up again on Monday. Um, I don't expect Parliament to be going much beyond that. And then, so literally, the King's Speech is on like the seventh of November, and when the King comes in, he tells everyone all the bills that are going to happen, and um, and Parliament closes for two weeks, so that everyone can like do their ironing and stuff so they don't look all crumpled when the king arrives i mean i've been in parliament for a few of these and it's it's just nonsense why why is our why is our parliament why are we not being led why are we not the changes that this country needs are not being done so that they can like paint a wall and put a carpet down i mean i'll tell you what i've got bills, i've got bills in at the moment and it takes them that long to do that kind of thing but you'd expect better from from parliament and we'll talk more about how how i feel about the king's speech um
0: <laughs>
2: uh yes. shortly so yes. that's something you can look forward to
0: that is a tatonian
1: lecture for another podcast <laughs> uh diane what's in your crystal ball Right, I could be completely wrong about this, but I've I've read a few people this week who say that um, renter's reform bill, who everybody wants to come forward because it's got the no-fault evictions thing in it, that it will be on the sheet for the end of the Commons next week so that it gets carried forward. Because basically they don't want to lose that one. It's
2: but it, I mean it, that's a that's a procedural thing, yeah. isn't it? Because because it'll start properly after, after. the King's speech. Yeah, um, like like it's it's definitely coming in the King's speech. Don't forget the King's speech is going to list all the laws that this mm. this government are going to make before the next election. Yeah, the renters reform bill will be them being proud to stand up to Britain's. landlords landlords. they'll never they'll they'll never put it like that they're supporting the renters because they don't want to alienate the landlords so they're gonna they're gonna standing up for for the great british renter um (laughs) that's what they're gonna do i don't know why you're laughing they're so mean Uh, to me lovely (laughs) listen i don't know why these two are so mean to me All the time. I'm not laughing at you. you I was laughing with you. I bet when when you're on the bus listening to this, or wherever it is, uh, you may not even be on any transport, (laughs) I bet when you're listening to this, every week you're like, gosh, those two are so mean to Tatton. Yeah. I bet you are.
1: Yeah. If you feel that way, DM us, be (laughs) interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, my personal page, DM me on my personal page, and these two will never see it. Um, We can just hang out. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll chat about how mean they are um, at Tatten Spiller
0: we love you Tatten. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. the kind of love that never shows <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, right well let's end this and pity party uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah lots of lots of stuff going on at the moment um, we will be back next week talking about it all uh, until then, have a lovely week and goodbye.
2: Bye 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 bye. Thanks all. Bye. Bye. You just heard a stripped media production.